For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 76. Whoa. I know, it's different. It feels different. Taking a deep dive this week, am I right? This is this is a this is a deep dive. This is a special episode uh, as we are starting Brahm Movie Month, and perfect Woo! timing for it as well. Right as Kyle leaves, I don't know. Did he plan that? Maybe didn't want he to be me. He told me he did. <laughs> what a oh, jerk! Wow. Is he on vacation? Yeah. I forget what he said. I don't think so. I think he just got he's got his tiny baby. Oh, to himself. Tiny baby I think time. He has, I tiny, think he has to take care tiny, of it or something. Tiny boy, little boy. Baby boy, I need you. I need you. <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> that is um, a always sunny reference. Uh, this, uh, this movie cycle is a curated list of movies that I've been wanting to watch uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, this episode tonight is uh, about a movie that I really enjoyed as a child, as well as the video game for the N64. I definitely fondly remember this one. Wait a second. They had a video game for the N64 for this movie? They did. Yep. They did. I think even after Goldeneye. I was going to say, because that's obviously like one of the most iconic video games of all time. Yes, and absolutely. One th- of the best. This one was, I assume this one was not the, the most iconic video game it of all not. time. It is not. It is a very mm. easily forgotten and definitely inferior game to Goldeneye. But as a kid, you could probably relate. You know, you get what you get when you ask your parents for X, Y, or Z. I asked for Goldeneye and I got The World Is Not Enough. So I. Both James Bond, though. Both James Bond, they tried. So they tried. They tried. <laughs> and uh, I finally remember, I remember the game more than the movie. And I remember all the scenes that we were seeing in the film, as we're going to get to here. I remember playing through them on the game. I'm like, oh, that was one of the levels. I think one of the funniest ones, I think there was a level of the uh, fire scene where he was holding the, like, the flaming rocks. Oh, at the really? Cave. Yeah, I think that was one of the levels. It might have been like a multiplayer level only i don't remember if it was actually part of the story but yeah i remember all this and all the gadgets made it over to the game it was actually pretty faithfully adapted um did they have a did they have a pipeline one where you had to like scoot around on like a no almost like a missed opportunity there almost like a donkey kong country one where yeah they get to ride around for one of which kind of changes the the gameplay a little bit yeah missed opportunity there i remember getting this game on the n64 but being incredibly disappointed because it just wasn't Goldeneye. And I was, what, not uh, 11 or 12 when it came out. So I was just like, all I care about is Goldeneye. Yep. Right. Fondly remember this uh, game, but uh, definitely not Goldeneye. I do remember like Davidoff. I remember all these characters and like they were all g- glitchy and stuff, like just like forever just running straight into the walls and you could just run up behind enemies and they were just all bugged out and glitchy. But that is it. Yeah. Get- I don't know. I don't remember this game at all. I do. I don't even really remember watching this movie. I almost one hundred percent did watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, just I didn't don't remember. I didn't remember it until I started watching it. Once I saw the like the initial boat chase, I was like, "Oh, it's this Bond movie." Well, mm-hmm. it's funny because last because last week me and me and Patrick for badmovietwins.com, 
uh, we watched Daylight starring Sly Stallone. And he was insisting that I had seen it before. And I was like, I have not seen Daylight starring... I think I would know if I had seen Daylight starring Sylvester Stallone. Thank you very much. And I watched it. I was like, I didn't remember any of this. This proves that I've never saw Daylight, <laughs> Patrick. And then I watched this and I 100% have seen this movie before. There's just mm-hmm. no way I didn't see it. I didn't remember anything. So it kind of threw a monkey wrench into my theory. That does, uh, that does my throw My hypothesis was not proved by my daylight experience. Yep, definitely yeah. remember watching this movie multiple times, and I also really love the theme song to that, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, a little bit as well. For, wait, for the theme song for what? For this one. Ooh. You really, you like We're the gonna theme We're going to have a debate on this, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the garbage, garbage? theme song for this. <laughs> uh, not, you're not literally a, a huge fan of garbage. I'm not a huge well, fan I'm of a huge fan of garbage, just not the band. I like garbage. <laughs> yeah. That's but. why I have badmovietunes.com. That's true. Come on. All right, uh, I guess we got to, this is where we would normally, if Kyle was here, he'd do a little alarm. Does that, so anyone do a little Oh, alarm? shit. Right, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Hang on. You got it? Talk, talk amongst yourselves. All right, All right Jamie, um, uh, did you know there was a Tomorrow Never Dies video game, Jamie? I didn't. I'm pretty sure there was in 64 on that one as well. I, I guess I would assume since this was not... This was there was Tomorrow Never Dies was between yes. this one and, and Goldeneye, Goldeneye right? was such yeah. a smash hit, um, huge hit. As, as a video Even game. I played that. I didn't play. I didn't play a huge number of video games. I mean, obviously. Dive, 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 dive. <laughs> Shit. What started right. as a casual conversation among friends. <laughs> what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, Brom, what did we watch? We watched 007 in The World Is Not Enough. Terrible song. Yeah, I I agree. We can debate it right now if you want. It was an awful theme song. Uh, I'll give you a hint. There will be a much better time to debate your favorite James Bond theme songs later in this episode. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know how much we need to go in before we jump into this, uh, recap, but obviously this is one of the Pierce Brosnan, James Bond films. I saw a curious fact related to this is that until now, I mean, right now it's going to happen again, but mm-hmm. at the time I that this, this was made, this was the first time that one actor had dom- had owned an entire decade mm-hmm. portraying James Bond. So because this was clearly going to be the last James Bond of the 1990s, mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan was officially the only James Bond of the 1990s. He got lucky. He got a little lucky because of the gap between uh, it, before Goldeneye. Yeah, there's and a I long gap. I think they said Dalton was signed on, like he was planning yeah, to do exactly. it, and they just never gave him one. Yeah, but now obviously it's going to happen again. This The 2010s will only have one Bond. That is true. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, other than that, <laughs> other actors and stuff like that did win some awards. Um, obviously it won a Razzie award, which is even more important than the Oscars. 
Uh, it did not get nominated for any Oscars, I don't, do not believe. Um, it may have got considered for visual effects, but I don't think it got a nomination. For and, yeah. uh, Denise Richards' portrayal in yes. this film. Yeah, she got a Razzie, Razzie Award. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not the Oscar, just to be clear for our listening audience. <laughs> Denise Richards is not an Oscar-winning actress. She did not win the Oscar for The World Is Not Enough. So, yeah, Brom, you got anything more to say about it before we jump into this guy? Uh, Are we done? If you want to... What, Zach? Nothing. Go on. Uh, I was going to say this was the last Bond film for David Llewellyn, who played Q. Right. It's funny because they did make it up. Do you think they filmed him every time semi-retiring? Yes, that was so weird. Just in case something happened? Because then It's not like he retired and he, like, died the next... They definitely hinted at it, and they even had John Cleese... Uh, there I to replace him and so i assume oh and then and he's like always have an exit strategy bond and he sinks into the yeah. floor and they're like oh so they're wow it's, this is kind of neat to watch this this is going to be the last episode and then i read the trivia and found out that he actually planned to do more but he actually yeah. perished uh in a car accident right after the release of the film right and it just kind of worked out enough, perfectly that he uh, had that bit of dialogue about kind of leaving the the series yeah. oddly enough you know how you guys get asked a question sometimes in life, like, where were you when Michael Jackson died or when 9-11 <laughs> happened? Now, I'm not comparing this guy's death to 9-11, listeners. Or are you? <laughs> I do specifically remember being in the car listening to morning like morning news, and they said, Q from the James Bond series died in a car crash this week. Oh. And I was like, well, that sucks, because I grew up a huge James Bond fan, so... That is interesting. The only person I can think of whose death that I remember recall very clearly, and it's kind of in terms of like a more obscure one, like you're describing, yeah. is, weir- is weirdly Stanley Kubrick. I remember really? where I was, yeah, because my brother, my older brother, was a huge fan of his and was actually like upset by the news that he had died. Interesting. Yeah, Ben, you got an oddball case like that. Um. Well, you, you mentioned 9-11, and not to get super dark here, but I remember being in school, <laughs> no. and my mom was actually at the airport uh, getting ready to fly to Las Vegas when all of the planes started crashing into the World Trade Center. And that was obviously a scary moment for me. <laughs> but Very uh, a teacher scary. pulled me aside and uh, said, we just received a call from your mother. She's fine, but you're going to start seeing some stuff on the news. And sure enough, that's when the, the stuff started popping up on the news and we heard about it. But that's probably the closest thing I can think of. And I, 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 I do yeah, remember I uh, when uh, Michael Jackson died. I can't remember quite where I was at, but I remember turning exactly. on the TV the and same, watching Most of the time, even, even the big ones, I don't remember where I was. But I do remember where I was with Stanley Kubrick, which is just odd. I remember when John Ritter died. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I was a big fan of Eight Simple Rules for dating my teenage daughter. <laughs> yep. I grew, up, I grew up watching Three's Company and I was watching Eight Simple Rules. I remember that too. If Kyle was here, we'd hear another buzzer. <laughs> nope. I can get it. This is, this is great podcasting, you know? All right. Shall we get into it? Or did you have more like Get into facts? it. Get into it. I'm get sure we'll it? think of some All more right. stuff. Perfect. <laughs> All right. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we open. MI6 agent, James Bond. That's Bond. James Bond. He arrives <laughs> at a... There we go. He arrives at a Swiss bank in Bobeo, Spain, which is a little weird. I had assumed he was in Switzerland. I didn't actually realize he was in Spain. But anyways, he's there to pick up some money for a guy named Sir uh, Robert King. And he also wants mm-hmm. to kind of figure out who killed an MI6 agent. So it's a, it's a little bit of a complex plot here of exactly what's going on. But apparently... King, who's like this rich oil tycoon, 
uh, was trying to buy some information about a new, some new pipelines or some Russian pipelines and bought a uh, dossier of information. It turns out, and M informs him, that that information came from an, an MI6 agent who was killed. And King being like, oh, shit, sorry about that. I really just, I didn't think I was getting classified information. I just thought I was getting this information. Kind of sets up a deal where MI6 is going to get his money back and get information about how that dossier was um, gotten. So anyways, Bond's there. He's kind of like, he's a little rude. He's got some tune. He's ready to take some people out. He looks over at like a girl who's got like a cigar. He's like, what's up, cigar lady? Mm-hmm. Whatever. I love he the line at, here. She uh, she brings it? over the figures to make sure that the transfer and all the money is like in order and the numbers are right. And she's like, would you like to check my figures? And James goes, oh, yeah. I'm sure they're very well rounded. Yeah. Yet a couple of times. <laughs> I do feel like, like, I think when we had Roger Moore, we had like the super horny bond he was like always he was like, <laughs> yeah. so horny and so like randy like he, he was always making comments these comments are a little tame like that one mm-hmm. is like you just seem like you're like old lame dad like james bond like this is weird like don't talk about like rounded figures who even says it? it's not even a phrase like, it's not <laughs> even a real thing come on <laughs> so anyways all of a sudden things kind of go to shit that he's kind of like trying to get them to um let him know who killed this mi6 agent they kind of turn on him they got all these guns and they're like well sorry like too bad, we're going to kill you, we're going to keep this money or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you're not safe, not when I'm around. And a big shootout fight starts to happen. Weirdly, and he's kind of thrown by this as well, he's being helped out by other people. Like Cigar Lady throws a knife and kills someone who's like attacking him. And then as he's kind of tussling with people, a sniper from outside doesn't shoot him, but shoots someone else. And like seemingly gets him out of a jam so he can escape. And he escapes out the window and leaves with the money. Now, so this is a big thing. He brings the money back to MI6. And he's even he's like, it was super weird, guys. Like, you won't even believe it how weird it was when I was saved twice by seemingly the bad guys. Ah, oh, well, like, see a king and let this guy go and, like, look at his money. And all of a sudden, his pin on his lapel uh, signals and explodes the money. It's a giant bomb. Mm-hmm. kills the guy, kills a bunch of people. He looks outside. There's Cigar Lady out in a cigar boat, a cigarette boat, and is like, what the fuck? And he go, goes and grabs like an experimental boat from Q and starts chasing her. We have a big old chase scene along the river. The Thames. At one point, the Thames. Then she escapes in a hot, hot air balloon, which is pretty sweet. I mean, I'm not sure how often we have a hot air balloon like escape. <laughs> And James Bond jumps on it, like, because the badass that he is, goes up. She's all like, you can't, um, you can't, like, protect me from who my boss is. If you're going to catch me, I may as well be dead. And she explodes the balloon. And uh, Bond has to kind of, like, fall and grab onto um, a large building. Yeah, he lands on, like, a dome. Yeah, it's the Millennium Dome. It was supposed to be kind of a joke on the Millennium Dome, I guess, because it was being built in celebration of the Millennium. So it was very, very topical. Very, it was, it was very much one of my favorite things because I'm the ointment. <laughs> that's that is very topical. And so, so that's the first section that we got. And this is comes to my first question. So I kind of want to like focus these around questions. My question is: Is James Bond dumb? Is he a dumb person? And I say uh, this because clearly something very strange happened in that meeting where he was saved by sniper and stuff like that. 
And no one seems to be bothered by this to the point of testing the money. They just let King go over there and kill himself. I, I feel like there's quite a quite a few different little loopholes here, and I just kind of disregarded them. I didn't want to get hung up on them when I when I was watching, or else I'd probably have some more notes on it. But uh, I thought it was kind of dumb to be uh, dangling off that that hot air balloon. I feel like he could do much more from the ground because he was dangling from that hot air balloon, and he was basically dead to rights as he was kind of right, swinging yeah. beneath her. So she could have killed him and got away, but. For, for whatever reason, she ends up killing herself, but I don't so know. So I'll take this. I'm going to write down yes. James okay. Bond is yeah. dumb. Yeah, I would say he makes dumb choices. Well, because so. he's because he's dumb later, too. Yes. Yeah, I'm, like I'm gonna, I'll, some, I'll be bringing this up again. Moments. Okay. So anyways, he's injured. He's hurt his shoulder. Of course, what does James Bond do when he's uh, inactive because of his shoulder? He just beds down that doctor. No he big does. deal. And gets right back into action. That's what James Bond does. He basically goes to the doctor and is like, ethics, forget about it. And then they bone, and then he's back in, in the field. Makes That's sense. Bond. That's Bond. And so anyways, they, uh, they kind of turned out, they, they figure out that all the money kind of points to a guy named Victor Renard Zokas, so referred to as Renard. And he was a KGB agent turned terrorist. And uh, he basically had previously tried to kidnap um, King's daughter, Electra, for ransom. And it kind of failed spectacularly when Electra was able to escape. But secretly, and Bond kind of figures this out, M had kind of advised them not to negotiate with terrorists. So they weren't going to pay the money. And it's only by like kind of a miracle that Electra was able to escape. And so when Bond is brought back into action, he's assigned to go um, to Azerbaijan and uh, protect her. Now, so is this... Did we cover the part where we find out about the bullet with Renard yet? Oh, yeah. So this is where the big, it's like big science part of it, where like yeah, very, yeah. A, very accurate science occurs. Do you, <laughs> Zach, do you, Zach, do you want to talk about this very accurate science that yes, occurred? Yes, this very accurate uh, science showed a very, very um, accurate, I guess, hologram of mm-hmm. Renard's head, where I think 009, I think, um, uh, shot him in the head and he didn't die, but now he is slowly dying. And um, he feels no pain, which means he can even hold hot, fiery rocks and he, he, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but I do have a – this is a big moment because I have, I have some audio for our listeners and you two to listen to on the pronunciation of where the bullet entered his brain. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. Yeah, I'm ready. Moving through the Madala Oblongata, killing off his senses. Madala Oblongata. So so here it is again. Moving through the Madala Oblongata. But I always thought it was pronounced like this. The Madula Oblongata. The Madula Oblongata. Yeah, I was going to say, we all all know it from Waterboy, so they're clearly wrong in this movie. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, much more high science, I would say, than for sure. For there, sure, he was he was very smart. Waterboy, smart. Bond, well, dumb. This, this one made no sense. It was like it's going to travel and eventually kill him, but he's going to lose all of his senses first, so he won't be able to feel anything and he won't be able to smell anything. I'm like, wait, but is he not going to be able to see anything? Is he going to be like a total blind, <laughs> like bad guy? Like, what's going on here? They can't smell anything. Sight's the last one, thank God. Um, yeah, somebody can still have sex, or at least well, they he just doesn't he feel can. it. I think they Don't, allude to I him think you being need impotent, to have the sensation, right? though, right? 
Yeah, he wouldn't have any sensation. But they, he, yeah, he they still... kind of like allude to that later in the movie. Yeah, well, he, they just allude to James Bond being like a being better at sex than him. Which, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> I'll be real. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do him. <laughs> and so, anyways, this is where, and this is directly from my notes from the movie when they were talking about Electra being um, captured. Did anyone else not immediately be like, "Oh, she's a bad guy"? Oh yeah, they they were telegraphing yeah. this way too early too, especially because like she's the only character. Like they had her at the funeral, and then they go yeah. like, "Who are our suspects?" Basically, you know, like as any movie would do, and like, well, you only have Electra so far, <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of telegraphed it a little too early there. Well, yeah. it's also is like a super unrealistic story. They didn't. They it was just like just vague enough to be like what like she's like she's oh she's captured and she was taken hostage in cyprus and then uh, she was able to get a gun and shoot all the terrorists it's like and they brought up stockholm wait, syndrome they're like they just, it's like they just learned that the science behind stockholm right, syndrome yeah, or something yeah. they're like oh they, this they will be treated, perfect for the plot they treated it like it was a virus too it's like oh she caught stockholm syndrome <laughs> if only she could be cured even an original ending of this was her in a hospital being cured of stockholm syndrome it's like really okay yeah yeah, it's it's all crazy. Anyways, Bond flies to Azerbaijan, uh, where Electra is um, kind of finishing up a pipeline that her fa- that her father was finishing. It's going to take oil from the Caspian Sea and bring it to um, to the Mediterranean directly, and it's going to be competing with some Russian pipelines that already exist that go to Turkey. And so she's trying to finish it up. The first thing we see is her kind of like taking care of business with some local like villagers who are upset about like a holy site potentially being destroyed. And she kind of says, like, no, I'm not my father. Like, we're going to go around. And so you're supposed to be like, oh, she's a, she's a good person. She's definitely not the bad guy for sure. And, of course, not the case. Anyways, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but anyways, J- Bond is like, oh, hey, I'm from, like, uh, whatever, exports company. And I'd love to see a little bit about this uh, pipeline, if you know what I mean. And maybe you could see my pipeline later. And she's like, all right. <laughs> and then so they go up into, she's like, oh, do you ski? And he's like, come on. Come on. I'm James Bond, obviously I ski. So they go up into the mountains, then they're skiing, and it's probably one of the lamest skiing uh, footage portions that I've ever seen. Like, it's literally like them being in love footage first. Yeah. Like, they're just like skiing around each other. It's like, what am I watching? This was a low point, in, in my opinion. Yep. And, and so then they go around, she's showing them the, the pipeline, and then all of a sudden, what comes up everyone's favorite bad guy weapon what were the what were they even what they were like propeller helicopter things <laughs> yeah they were fan, like uh, fan they're like fan air, boats air, airboat yeah airboat yeah. uh snowmobiles Gliders? on hang glider paraglider things they, had, yeah, they actually had a name for them uh paras I'll, I'll try to find it while you I, <laughs> i've got it ben yeah. here it is <laughs> paraglider equipped snowmobiles that's what i'm saying <laughs> That is what that is. Yep. So, anyways, despite they being, show up four, four or five of them. Yeah, despite being unarmed, James Bond, being James Bond, is like go to those trees, and then he like skis all around. His basically his skis and his body let's becomes become the weapon. They're called parahawks. Uh, a parahawks, perfect. It's actually, yeah, kind of right. sweet. Okay, not revised opinion. <laughs> uh, yep, so, movies a twelve out of twelve. Right. So anyways, they do a bunch of fancy moves. He keeps on exploding these guys. It always, it's always funny in a James Bond film because he has a license to kill, unlike other films where he just like kills with impunity. Like, so many people die. And you're like, whoa, like he's just exploding people left and right. Obviously, they're bad guys. So audience is fine with it. Um, sentenced to death, I guess. 
And then uh, he like, to show off a little bit about these parahawks, he like slides it against a cliff and off it flies. And you're like, look at that idiot. Look at that Dumbo over there. And then it like shoots out another parachute and like starts flying away again. And you're like, oh shit. And then it comes back around and James Bond realizes there's only one thing to do. He's got to jump and tear open that guy's parachute and kill him once and for all that way. I don't and understand then, how they can ascend. Like I, he was like lower down the mountain and electric electro was still higher. I'm like, okay, you're still fine. This thing has to go down. Well, they have to, <laughs> I guess it has a little bit of thrust. It does seem a little bit strange how the parachute work in that scenario. Yeah, you think it just fall on top all. of it or whatever. But anyways, uh, then they jump down avalanche. He uses one of the Q's special gadgets to save himself from the avalanche and oh boy, oh boy, Electra is pretty into it. Uh, and then she they, was not. She was not into the avalanche, but she was into Bond. I'm saying. Oh, she was definitely not into the gadget either. Being trapped inside yeah. that, he kind of like no, 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 shook sure. her and like grabbed her face, took her face in his hands, and you're like, oh, they're already. He was like, they're already. I in got love. my sparrow cock. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So then, is this where Bond and her totally bone? I think right. Uh, yeah, I think we're there. It's sensual. I, yeah, it's a sensual scene with ice and all kinds of stuff. There is a v- oh, there very was brief excellent, moment. Oh, excellent, excellent M quote uh, when she reminded him. Yeah. Because she, she's sending him off to keep tabs on her. And he's like, like a shadow. And he's like, yes, like a shadow. And, and she's like, and remember, a shadow is always either in front or behind. Never on top. <laughs> Never on very top. Good. Get it, get it, And listeners. he was on the bottom, if you noticed. And in the sex scene, he was on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> And there was a very brief moment where you could see um, her breast. I put on my glasses. I was like, all right, oh, assessed, really? check it off. Yeah, it's uh, it's even in the tr- trivia because that the scene is used in the trailer, but they um, censored it. I mean, they covered it up for the uh, trailer, but in the movie, very, very brief moment where you can see her breast. Huh. I'll have to Google that later. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you should double check it for sure. So just so we don't have anything inaccurate for the podcast. Absolutely. I'll just, yeah, just let me know. incognito mode and just double check that for us. Right. And so then Bond goes off and visits. He has kind of another lead he wants to check in on because he knows someone in the region. And that's uh, Valentin Zukovsky. Yeah, he's, so, he's back. He goes, yeah, he goes to Baku. Yeah, he's back. He's in Goldeneye. Yep. And he, cool wants to, he wants to acquire some information about Elektra's um, attackers from him. And they have, it's kind of one of the weirdest scenes as well. Like a very, very quiet casino area uh, with where he puts on these really lame, like purple tinted glasses mm-hmm. and looks around and looks at people's underwear. And I was like, X-ray is specs. Yeah. It's like very strange. And then he goes up and forces his way back there, talks to the guy. And actually they end up getting interrupted after they get to hit, after he gets some information and kind of starts to realize that probably... Um, Davidoff, Electra's like main um, security guy, is probably the, one of the bad guys. He um, they get interrupted by Electra. Electra comes in, and this is my second part where I'm like, "Is James Bond dumb?" That's my big question because she lays down a bet of a million dollars with high card Zukovsky just for a high card. She picks a queen, he picks an ace, she loses and hands over a million dollars. Now, nothing we've seen has suggested that she's, like, this risky with money and stuff like that. Like, I just don't even understand how you would even process this as, like, a human being doing this. Because this doesn't seem to be for pleasure or anything. It's just she just lost a million dollars for no reason and didn't seem to have fun or anything or really even want to (laughs) win. So, like, 
clearly something's wrong in that scenario. But James Bond is just like, eh, women, am I right? Probably in his mind. <laughs> I don't think he was stupid because at the very least he told the dealer to burn three cards. Yeah, but he's like shocked that she'd be doing something so stupid. And then later just seems to forget the idea of it potentially not being because she's stupid, but because there's something else going on. Like he just seems to not care that probably something weird's happening. And he just like is like, fine. Yeah, no, I'm in love with Electra. It's good. Nothing, nothing wrong in this scenario. Seems very strange. Maybe he's oh, blinded by Levy bl- smitten. Blinded by the, you know. Yeah, he's just smitten. He's like a smitten kitten. <laughs> smitten That's what you kitten. wanted to say? Kitten mittens. Yeah, go <laughs> Exactly. So Davidoff comes back. Now Bond's tracking him. Davidoff comes back and he's, he's looking, he's doing some shady shit. And so Bond looks in his car, dead old guy right in the back is like, okay. I'm pretty sure this guy's a bad guy now. Um, Climbs in, just like Jackie Chan in First Strike. Climbs into the back of this van. Davidoff goes off for his little secret powwow out by some, like, military base thing or airport. James Bond jumps out, shoots him in the face. No big deal. Real quick, Jamie. Yeah. Have we passed the point where Valentine's in, like, that oil pit? No. That's that's much later. Yeah. Yeah. Very end. Yeah, near, oh, yeah. near the very much end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, much oh. later. All right, go on. So anyways, he grabs an ID. Again, James Bond, not even think He just like pockets this ID without thinking about it too much. Just jumps on a plane. Doesn't know what's happening at all. Has no idea what, what he's getting into at all. Uh, they're like, hey, make sure you're wearing your ID tag. And he's like, oh, shit. And so he like finally realizes that he's going to some like nuclear base, nuclear site. And he's supposed to be like a nuclear scientist. So he shows up. Who's there? Denise Richards. Yes. What's her name? Christmas Jones. Uh, that's Dr. Christmas Jones. Dr. Christmas Jones. She didn't She didn't spend five years in, in grad school for you to call her Christmas Jones. Jamie, would like you that. describe her as being brainy, athletic, and she had a very strong depth of character? I would think that's all accurate, yeah. Because that's what drew Denise Richards to the role and the Razzie Awards did not feel similarly. Well, no, I think that, I think maybe they didn't, they, they're not really judging the role. They're ju- judging how she acted in the role. And <laughs> my <not> God, <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, listeners, <laughs> it ain't great. It's not good at all. Actually. It, one of the worst performances we've ever seen on this podcast. Most likely there's no point was I convinced <laughs> by Denise Richards in her role. Yeah, probably probably the worst Bond uh, Bond girl that I can can remember. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, he goes down. James Bond goes down. He obviously realizes that this is all a big plan. He see, even sees Renard. And he's like, "Oh shit, he's down there," and he uh, uh, confronts him. And is like, "I'm gonna totally kill you." Uh, obviously, this is for 009. Come on. Uh, and MI6 agent, anonymous uh, agent. And uh, Renard's like, all right, like, touche. But, and all of a sudden, Denise Richards blows up a spot, basically says, stop, this guy's an imposter. He's not 62 years old. He's not 62 years old, or is he? I actually don't know. He may have been 62 <laughs> years old at this point. Um, and he's like, no, don't. You know, everything's fine. But all of a sudden, Renard does like the signal and they 
you know, his his whole gang rushes into action. And there's this huge action scene with all kinds of explosions and shooting and people dying and Denise Richards, like, doing action and, and really athletic, brainy uh, things. And there's a lot of depth to her character <laughs> at this point. And, he, like, I think at one point Pierce Brosnan did, like, a backflip, I think, or something. But Renard is the last one. He's able to get away. He gets away with the nuke. They've taken out the locator, like, chip. And, and Bond has this chip now. And he's that like, was Shit. stupid. That was stupid writing. The locator chip on this nuclear warhead is basically like a flash drive. You can just plug in and out. Like, if you right. don't, if you don't <laughs> want people to track it. easily accessible. <laughs> just pull it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, so so my big question here is, were the people who designed that nuke uh, stupid? <laughs> Were, they dumb? Yeah. were the writers of this film dumb? Yes. Yes, they were. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, my actual one was, is Denise Richards the greatest actress of our generation? I oh, think that's I, yes. I think that's a yeah. I think we said that last night. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyways, Bond heads back to Azerbaijan. Um, he's kind of getting a little suspicious of Elektra. I'm not exactly sure what necessarily tipped him off. He he like, he confronts Elektra even in her, in her like house and is like, what the... F- like you must have kind of known something was going up mm. but uh they they can't track this nuke at all and so all of a sudden they realize though that what would they want with a nuke but to potentially sabotage the uh the pipeline in the end like and so like James Bond says, like, check if there's something moving through the pipes. Yes, there's something there. That must be the the nuke. We've got to disable it. And him and Christmas Jones, they head off to stop it. And so it's all supposed to be kind of like a... The, the point is that it's this isn't the main plan. It's to set up a scenario to kill James Bond, to get him out of the way, and throw... Uh, the police off of her scent to make it seem like she can't possibly be the one doing this because her pipeline has been sabotaged. And so James Bond and Denise Richards go out there. They're flying down this this pipeline and it looks real lame. I guess it was late 90s, so <laughs> CGI wasn't super great. It looked pretty dumb. It wasn't that bad. But they, and they are able to disable the bomb, but or, or uh, take, get the tracker, or was it? They get the... Oh, they get they find out that there's only yeah, like half of the plutonium. It's basically they take the, the plutonium black powder out. in there and, and not the actual stuff that's gonna make it go nuclear. But James Bond is like, let it blow up because we want her to think that we died. And they do. They they kind of jump off almost like Fast and Furious style. They jump off of this high speed like little cart in a tube and let the thing blow up and then just like walk out of there. No big deal. M thinks Bond is dead. Yes. Everybody thinks Bond is dead. Really no payoff for this, though, is what bothered me. He didn't, like, use it to his advantage at all. And there's, like, no, no dramatic no. reveal when he's still alive. Like, Well, there was there was a, even this next thing. So here, at this point, Electra and Renard reveal to MI6 mm-hmm. that they're actually bad guys. Which, if they wanted to cover something up to make it seem like they're not bad guys, revealing it to, uh, like, a military agency is probably not the best thing to do. Because then they abduct M. Like, how could she be considered like a good guy when she just abducted the head of MI6. That's true. It seems crazy given the plan. But anyway, she abducts M. This whole part also, there's no payoff, right? Because we have this whole scene of her being kept on in Maiden's Tower and they're like, here's a clock. She finds like the chip, the tracking chip. She's like, oh, I'm going to signal James Bond with it. But it's all, it just all doesn't matter in the end. And we'll get to that. But it's like this weird part with M where like there is no payoff to her actually being captured at all. Uh, that's that's right. Yeah. 
So anyways, here's where, uh, in the end, everyone thinks Bond is dead, but he goes to confront Zukovsky at his caviar factory in, in the Caspian Sea. And this is probably, it'll probably be the only film that we see in the cav- in a caviar factory. It's going to be a short season, the caviar factory season. Uh, <laughs> so we may as well put it like season 21. All right, let me take note. Okay. Nice, nice. We'll have to look around to see if there's any other caviar factory uh, movies, but it might just be this one. Can it just be caviar, or does it have to be caviar factories? Let's open it up to caviar. Okay, caviar. Probably a good idea. Season twenty-one caviar movies. Yep, got it. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of those, like rich people at like galas and banquets and stuff. Eating yeah, caviar. I bet. I bet. I think even like Ace Ventura two. I think there was caviar in that one. Yeah, let's keep it to caviar factories. Good call. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, they confront him. And of course, this was like earlier in the movie, we saw this helicopter with like a bunch of like uh, saws on it, like saw blades on it. And it was clearly that was going to come back. Like I was like, there was no fucking way we're not seeing that helicopter fly around and absolutely slice up some people with those blades. So anyways, it flies around. It's slicing up, straight up slicing up a factory. And if people don't understand as they listen to those words come out of my mouth, what that means that a, uh, a helicopter with a bunch of uh, saw blades hanging off of it slice up a factory like just you have to watch it i don't think it's it's hard to describe it other than that those that's what happens a little it bit of trivia on that is those were supposed to be used in goldeneye in 95 right there's actually a bunch there's a bunch of there's a bunch of trivia talking about all the different things that were supposed to be used seem much better suited for other those. ones seem much better yeah. suited with those uh helicopters cutting down lumber for building the pipeline seem to fit kind of perfect with this so i was kind of surprised by that so anyways, there's huge explosions. There's a huge set piece. I think it took like three months to film or something. So it is a pretty cool scene. Lots of explosions, a lot of things being cut up, people kind of jumping all around, shooting at each other. Eventually, everything kind of explodes and the whole factory collapses. And uh, But like before that, the um, Zukovsky ends up in a vat of caviar. Uh, it looks like more like oil, but it's supposed to be caviar, I think. And uh, Bond basically forces him tortures him, forces him to uh, uh, reveal some information in order to be pulled out of the caviar. Classic. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Did and you so have something he, to add there, Zach? Is that why you're no. asking? You were just oh, interested in to know. I'll add something. I'll add I got something a quote. Right. Okay. What's a quote? This is the, uh, when when he's in the, kind of like that pit, correct? Yes. yes. And then, then uh, Bond Abula and um, Christmas. <laughs> Unfortunately, I won't play that one again. <laughs> but I do he? have this fantastic line. No, we don't have any champagne <laughs> or sour cream. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Gives you a little taste of uh, Denise Richards right there. Yeah, or sour cream. I do want to add something, though. Zukovsky's henchman throughout all this um, right. was a character obsessed with gold, as is very common in the 007 franchise, all these different gold villains. And he was named Boolean. But the actor, really? the act, yeah, the actor guys in gold bullion. So I'm like, oh, that's clever. I mean, they got to be running out at some point. But he's he's just encrusted in gold, got gold fronts and everything in his teeth. Found out that the actor is actually a musician and DJ who actually does have the gold fronts, and the actor's name is Goldie. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's he's good. a British DJ, I think. Friend of the show or not? Uh, probably. He's probably listening right now. Probably. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyways, they reveal, finally we get a little mention of uh, the potential submarine in this because uh, Zukovsky reveals that his um, nephew is like a captain in the Navy and there was some, some deal going on. He, that's how he was involved with Electra. He connected his nephew with Electra, and they're trying to figure out like, what would he possibly want with that? Bum, bum, bum. His nephew is a captain on a submarine, which makes sense because as Dr. Christmas Jones being a scientist says, it's the nuclear reactor. But wait a second. That's weird. If you put weapons-grade plutonium into the nuclear reactor of a submarine, uh, meltdown. Am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, shit. It's all coming together. It's this big old plan that they have where they're going to take this submarine. It, the plan doesn't make a, a huge amount of sense at some point, basically because like the submarine shows up. They poison the entire, um, all the sailors on it. And instead of keeping the bodies on the submarine so that it looks like it was just like an accident, they just throw them overboard. It's like, wait a second. If they find that all the, all the people were killed and like thrown into the ocean, aren't they going to get a little suspicious about that it wasn't just an accident when everyone's dead? Maybe they all got cabin fever and jumped off. Good call. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, that's, the idea is that then they're going to take the submarine out Renard, who's, who's, I think, tired of not feeling, he actually has a whole scene where he's like trying to have sex with Electra and seemingly not succeeding very well because he doesn't have any feeling in his like whole body anymore. Uh, and he's like, well, I, I guess James Bond was pretty good at sex then, right? And she's like, what? You thought I would just have sex with him and then I have like developed feelings? And he's like, and like he like punches through like some wood and there's like his, his hand is all like mangled from the wood, but he doesn't feel it at all. Pretty she intense. comes over and puts ice on it for some stupid reason. Because, <laughs> you know, ice stops blood. So, Well, I think it's because she really liked ice. It wasn't for him at all. Because then she lays in the bed and she's like all up in that ice. And then she pleasures yeah. herself with the ice, which was kind uh, of yeah. weird. Wow. I, it is true. That's exactly what happened. Zach, are you uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable by the, just, uh, the human body? I'm just You're uncomfortable um, with you beautiful know. women pleasuring themselves with ice, Zach? You know, I, I like my ice, uh, you know, without Unpleasured. that. I see. You know, okay. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so anyways, James Bond shows up to, like, talk about that submarine situation with Electra. Just a reasonable conversation. Um, but she tortures him. I Actually, this time it's legitimately a torture. She has, like, a torture chamber. Oh, oh actually, this is what I meant with the, with the M. I forgot. So M has signaled on her, on, like, the little tracking device that uh where she is and so now james bond knows but then all the bad guys show up anyways and pick him up and capture him so it didn't mean anything like he would have just been picked up at that point anyways it was weird anyways mm -hmm. <laughs> he shows up with electra she tortures him like a whole bunch basically he's gonna she, she's gonna snap his neck with this thing she's doing it all sexy but, though so who sure shows was, up uh zukovsky and Zukovsky shows up. He's got his cane. He like shoots a whole bunch of people. Shows up with his cane. Wait, wait. I got. I, I got to cut in. I got to cut in. This is one of my favorite quotes from the whole movie. I'm looking for a submarine. It's big and black, and the driver is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, very good. It's also where I like uh, that Bond says the name of the movie. Yeah, that's She's right. Like, and they, James, they I could have given you the world, and he goes, "The world, the world is not is enough. not enough." Family motto. <laughs> right, yeah. I think that's the second time that was said in a James Bond film, though. 
as the second time it was said in this. No, in a James general, Bond film. They, yeah, they said yeah. It's, a, it's the actual family motto of the Bond family. Right. And that's why yeah. the, the, was, the film was actually supposed to have a um, love child of his that he didn't know he had was going to be the villain yeah. all grown up. It would have been bad. It would have been real bad. That The plot sounded awful. But yeah. this one was much better. <laughs> so anyways, he's able to get out because, again, this is where everyone's kind of dumb. Like Zukovsky's aiming his cane. He's basically been shot, but he's got his cane. And he points it at Electra, and Electra's sitting there like, oh, shit, am I going to get shot? And Zukovsky swings the cane over to James Bond and shoots him. But Electra's like, oh, what a dumbo. He totally missed. He must have really hated you. When in reality, he clearly shot the arm like uh, restraint off of Bond. So Bond yeah. immediately is able to get out. And it's like... Wait, you didn't think for one second it was weird that he missed, like, from point-blank range with his yeah, gun? She just shot the guy, and instead of him shooting her back, he's like, nah, I'm going to yeah. go shoot James Bond, who's strapped to a chair. Right. So, anyways, uh, he chases after Electra, who runs away. She chases all the way, rescues M real quick, gets to the top, totally blows away Electra, And not in, like, a fun way, like, actually kills her. It's like a... <laughs> like a gun <laughs> he um he, he i guess you could say you know the bullet uh penetrated her right i don't know what you're so, trying to say <laughs> i think it was only I, they There's said it was the only time it was like one of the only times that he's shot and killed um, oh, a woman a woman yeah it's only one of three times or something mm-hmm. well and honestly they don't show him kill many it. people in general he usually disables people it's not usually very violent Bond doesn't film. usually kill people Bond usually, killed like 60 people in i film. know i know in this movie uh oftentimes he just disables enemies and stuff you heard it here here first folks ben officially thinks james bond has never killed anybody yeah. that's exactly what i said <laughs> and so anyways uh bond at this point looks out the window guess who what's leaving submarine the submarine Uh-oh. he's like check this out uh goes down to his speedo uh, dives off like a majestic dolphin into the water, swims after that submarine, and gets right in there. Uh, we Christmas Jones has been taken capture. She's in, she's actually on the submarine already, so they get to team up again. He's like sweet because she he almost immediately finds her. Uh, they fist bump like a whole bunch, and then get ready to like take matters into their own hands. Really, and this was actually kind of a pretty impressive scene. It's funny. Like I really didn't love most of this movie, but I think this ending was really on the submarine was really exciting and, mm-hmm. and almost scary sometimes with just like how they did it. Because James Bond is like, the only way we can stop them is by bringing them to the surface. That way we'd be able to see them and they can be stopped. And so he tries to get them to go up to the surface, but he doesn't know how to operate a submarine. <laughs> so he by accident, uh, puts it downwards so they start to die really fast and even like the propellers go to high gear and everything so they're just like rocketing towards the bottom of the um, uh, whatever it's called wherever that is the Black Sea or something and they crash into the bottom and everything starts filling like crazy and they're trying to kind of clamber around and save it's almost completely straight up and down the submarine mm-hmm. and they're trying to cl- climb out of it and the only way to really get through this final door into where Renard is trying to still cause the meltdown is to go out of the escape tube and then come back in the escape tube. And it is one of those, it's like a situation where I look at him, like, would I be able to even do this? It's like, wow, he really is like a 
a secret agent. Like that's like an amazing physical feat for him to have dove after the submarine, gotten into the submarine, then go out of an escape tube and in another one when they're on the bottom of the ocean, uh, uh, bottom of the sea. It's like pretty crazy. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. actually. And so then he gets back in, he's with Renard. He opens the door for Christmas Jones. So they're both there. I'm sorry, Denise Richards' character doesn't have a lot of depth here, maybe in different portions <laughs> of it, but she basically doesn't do shit. No. No. And he keeps on sticking this thing. He has like got like a rod filled with plutonium, I guess. Because <laughs> I'm trying to stick it into the <laughs> to like the reactor or whatever. And James Bond keeps on like smacking it away. Like, stop, don't do that. You're gonna melt it down. And he can't feel shit, I guess that helps him or something. I don't know. That rarely comes into play other than seeming to make his life like a, a nightmare escape and willing to die, I guess. And so in the end, um, he finally gets the rod all the way in. You're like definitely going to be meltdown. And then James Bond does like a fancy maneuver where didn't even know it was a possibility or allowed. He just like looks at like a control panel and pushes a button and shoots this rod straight through Renard. Straight through his chest. Mm-hmm. So he's killed by a plutonium rod. That is correct. And that's pretty Got much it. Then, then, then him and Christmas Jones escape out the escape tube, go to the surface. Everyone's like, hey, where's James Bond? We want to celebrate with him. But guess where he is? Yeah. Chris- Celebrating. Zoom in. One. They got a heat signature. They see James lying in bed. Yeah. And Zach, for the love of God, tell me you have a quote here. Um. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh Let me just uh, st- start oh, no. this one up. <laughs> Damn it. The medulla oblongata. Yep. No, but anyway, I got it. So no, so he he does. <laughs> will you actually have the actual quote, or are you just going to read it? I, I, yeah, I could recite it. Yeah, unless do, you want to recite the, it. Do you, do you have the first joke that he does too about the Christmas turkey or something like that? No. <laughs> He's like, I always wanted to celebrate Christmas in Turkey. And then she goes, did you just make a Christmas joke? And I wanted to be like, I don't think so. <laughs> doesn't sound like a joke at all. Like, what, just because just you might have turkey on Christmas because he says he wants to celebrate Christmas in Turkey doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it's not like you what he, climb what into sh- a turkey. What he should have said is, I want to eat turkey in Christmas. <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> you get it? Uh, Ultimately, the very really. final line either. in the movie... James Bond says to Christmas Jones, Miss Jones, you surprised me. She says, why is that? He said, I thought only I thought Christmas only came once a year. So good. Oh, boy. This is End what's at stake. Film. This is what's at stake. We're going to have <laughs> a female James Bond in the next movie. Well, not necessarily James Bond, but... This is what's at stake, people. <laughs> Got it. Do you know losing. what? I'm, I'm going to have a I'm going to have an unpopular opinion, but wouldn't it be just so much better if there was a female Bond who then made some joke about a dick? <laughs> I mean, amazing. Wouldn't that be kind of amazing on a submarine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did forget to mention that, there, like, when. James Bond finally got onto the submarine. His speedos came off, and you were like, "Oh shit!" Now I see what Christmas Jones is even about. <laughs> right there, you go. Gotta Anyways, fit it in there somehow. Somehow, uh, the big question from this last one was: Do you think this needed a submarine? Not, not that this is the cycle that we have going on right now, but it's just a question that I needed to ask. It's a good question to ask. It seems. Yeah. It seems like uh, it fit. It fit the story. 
Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I, would, I don't buy into yeah. how they just happen to have us and got a friend who is the captain that of the submarine. Odd, the captain <clears throat> of a nuclear powered submarine. Yeah, but the idea. How many are of, there even in the world? Utilizing like the nuclear power submarine to melt down your plutonium and make it look like an accident. That, that, that seemed pretty well integrated with the film. I think. Yeah, I actually kind of agree. And also, I would have maybe said, hey, not so much, if because if, it, it really didn't appear until 30 minutes left. I think it was one hour and 37 minutes in was the first time you see the submarine and in a two-hour and eight-minute film. And so you only have like 30 minutes where you can have that submarine in it. But after seeing the sequence of the submarine, it's easily my favorite part of the film. So I can't say it's not... Uh, not a good thing to have. Like it obviously benefited from having that submarine since everything else was super silly and pretty crazy. <clears throat> it ended on a good note with that. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Like, All right. So do people want to do, do you want to get into some ratings? Yeah. Let, let me uh, take this with this being the first movie in uh, Brahms movie month here. This, uh, when we actually discussed a couple of years back now already, hard to believe, but that we were going to do a submarine podcast. The very first movie that popped into my head as a submarine movie Believe it or not, was the world is not enough. I always remembered the the end scene with the villain getting impaled by the plutonium, uh, the the nuclear core. Uh, this just always like stuck in my head as like a submarine movie. Whenever I think of submarine the, movies, this is the only second one we've done, right? <clears throat> second James Bond movie, correct? Yeah, there I think are, there's I think there's maybe six or seven total with submarines in it. Um, I think that's For real. You you'd said six. I think at some point is the number. That's, I think it's six. Yeah. <clears throat> we could we have we four, could. i think we have four more left so we could do a james bond month yeah to go with the uh, godzilla month i guess that's just that's just zach month right that's just zach's month <laughs> regardless i i did enjoy this movie a lot as a child and that's why i really wanted to revisit it uh sooner than later and that's kind of when i pitched um the uh, brown movie month I, there's some movies that i've been wanting to watch and this was one of them uh i do remember um Denise Richards being a better actress than she ended up being. I just remember thinking like, oh, that's, that's such a beautiful woman when, when I was a kid. And uh, and seeing uh, Starship Troopers a couple of years ago, I'm like, holy cow, she is a terrible actress. And I'm like, is she that – was she bad in World is Not Enough? And I was just too young to understand. And yeah, I think that was the case. <laughs> she was not great. Um, the action scenes in this, I thought were pretty standout. I actually really like these as far as James Bond movies go. Uh, I watched a lot of Bond movies as a kid and I uh, got through almost all of them. That's kind of where I would go is rent those every weekend at the family video and, uh, churn through them. It was definitely a big chunk of my childhood watching the James Bond movies. And I thought the action and, uh, action scenes, there were some really good, uh, action scenes sequences. As you alluded to, Jamie, the, the submarine, uh, sequence was excellent. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, underground scene with the explosions and the hatches and everything and escaping the explosions and everything. I enjoyed that on the zip line and everything. I, I remember that from the video game as well. It was a fun, uh, fun sequence. And, uh, the, uh, the, um, I didn't care so much for the ski scene. I liked the the boat scene though, the the boat chase. Uh, boat chase, yeah. And uh, the Zukovsky uh, with the uh, the caviar factory uh, was right. also very good. A lot of great action. Not very good writing, as I think you kind of alluded to there. Uh, some some dumb boneheaded mistakes by uh, James Bond and some plot holes and loopholes there that we were kind of running into. Uh, certainly not a stellar movie, but uh, it's all about enjoyment. The nostalgia was here for me. I'm going to give this a seven. 
Wow, that's pretty high. So I do think we've potentially what we've lost Zach momentarily. We'll see if he comes back. So I will be going next for my uh, ratings. I would have I I fully anticipated thinking I was going to get uh, give this a very low rating. The first hour and twenty minutes I thought was silly and not very good, and but in the end, the end kind of rescued it. So it actually bolstered it quite a bit because thinking about it, it's like originally I was going to get it a four, right? Crazy. And now thinking about it, I was like, oh, that's crazy. There's no way I'd give this a four. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot to like in it. So I'm going to end up kind of at the, at where I ended up with fate of the furious. Actually, I think it bumped up to that, that five and a half, not quite a six. I feel like six, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe overdoing it for me, just the way I felt about it. Just because acting not very good. Lines also surprisingly, I, I, other than that last Christmas only comes once a year or whatever, um, they were they were pretty lame and not not very good. They his, were like super lame. Yeah, his his gadget. A lot of the stuff just came off lame. Like the gambling scene came off lame. The skiing, for the most part, came off lame. Like everything seemed like they were trying to do like John John James Cleese Bond was thing. pretty lame. In the end, I, I, you know, it kind of bolstered with that submarine scene, uh, which is which is funny. It actually makes it a, a pretty good uh, submersion film overall. If the submarine is what is kind of rescuing it from being a bad film, yep. it's the submarine itself. That's pretty good. Um, so yeah, I ended up at a five and a half, uh, better than I thought for sure it would end up being, because um, I thought it was a, one weird thing is when I was looking around, kind of like checking out what other people thought. Guess how many stars Ebert gave this? Roger Ebert. Uh, four. Does he four does, I'll give. I'll say three and a half stars. Yeah, does he, he do did. out of five? He does out of four. He gave it three four, and a half, four. three and a half out of four. Yeah, that's pretty okay. surprising. He said it was like a he said it was like a rollicking good time or something like that. <laughs> that so, man. The late nineties was a wild time, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked Alrighty. pretty good for a late nineties film because I mean we've watched like, yeah, like I think look, Escape from LA. Look, <laughs> it just seemed a little clean. That's the only thing. It seemed it seemed like a little lame, almost like an old person was making something that they thought was cool. It's like it's like an old person making a music video or like a commercial for like basketball shoes or something where everything seems like, well, isn't this cool? And you're like, no, it's too bright in here. Why is this so bright? Like, stop, like do it normal. It looks all strange. So to me, to my eyes, it just looked very odd. And I think the late nineties was a lot like that. They were trying to figure out how to do like the new jazzy stuff. And that's how like a lot of commercial and music video directors ended up becoming big directors like Michael Bay and stuff like that. Hey, Ben, so what did you give the movie? I know you went first. I ended up giving it a 12. <laughs> did you really? You gave it a 7. I gave it a 7. <laughs> oh, it a seven. I said there's a lot wow. of nostalgia here, but uh, pretty poor writing. Action sequences were great. Got to give it a 7. Did we get rev- uh, scores from anybody else? Uh, I don't think yet, no. I don't think so. Okay. I can check it, though. All right. Um, Jamie, are you done? I am done. Five and a half. Okay, five and a half, seven. I'll, so I'll um, start this off thinking before I watched the film, you know, the only Brosnan film that really ever sticks out in my mind is Goldeneye. And I love that movie. And I remember thinking, World of is not enough. Didn't like the game. Probably didn't like the movie. Don't remember anything. I'm probably going to give this like a two. I really thought that going into it. But watching it again, you know, I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a solid Bond movie. It kind of has all those Bond tropes, all those things you always look for in a James Bond film. I like Pierce. He's good. You know, I liked the, um, what was it? I liked Electra. Did not like Denise, but I liked the character for of Electra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the action sequences, you know, like for the 90s, like you guys were saying, wasn't bad. 
Uh, I liked it. It's a good story, kind of twisty. The villain, meh. The song, meh. But there's a lot of stuff I did like. Um, would I watch it again? There's a lot of Bond movies I'd watch before this one. But in terms of a sub movie, I like the sub. Good sub. Action sub. I'll give it, hell I'll of, give it hell a Hell of a sub. Hey, hell of a seven. sub. I'll give it a seven. A solid nice. seven sub. I feel like this ended up where it was supposed to in the end. Like if you average it all out, six makes sense, I think, for the film. Yeah, even, though, so. even though I think large portion of it, probably people would laugh. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it was there was some definitely stinker moments for sure. Yeah. So anyways, let's get into some trivia real quick. Um, I'm going to do a very brief sub with Worldwide because I know Kyle would want me to. And rest in peace. <laughs> Love you, Kyle. Uh, the Victor class was actually the type of submarine featured in this film. They mention it specifically, the Victor 3. Uh, I think for uh, whatever, what's his name um, says that that's the type of sub his uh, nephew is a captain of. Uh, they were a series of nuclear-powered attack submarines built in the Soviet Union and operated by the Soviet Navy. Uh, since the 1960s, 48 units were built in total, of which the last remaining units are currently in service with the Russian Navy. Um, they feature a teardrop drop shape, which allowed them to travel at high speeds. They also had this kind of like little uh, weird-looking, um, almost like buoy-looking thing on the back, which were, I guess was some kind of sensor. And for a long time, uh, the U.S. was trying to figure out what it was. Um, and so at one point, uh, the USS drum was almost sunk in a collision with it because it was trying to take pictures of this thing on the back um, that it had. Uh, they were primarily designed to protect the Soviet surface fleets and to attack American ballistic missile submarines. Ooh. So they were up to 334 feet in length, uh, 32 feet beam, and could go 32 knots, which is very quick. So they weren't lying when they said it was fast. That also means probably, what, James Bond could go about 32 knots swimming? That makes sense. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, so anyways, as we mentioned, Q died in a car accident soon after the film was released. Uh, he was planning to appear in the next Bond film. And, and as a result of the death, the, the movie's video release had a dedication to um, him and featured a, a tribute montage. I mean, he had been in every Bond movie except one, I yeah, think, He had been right? in 17 Bond films over 36 years. It's nuts. Uh, as mentioned, Denise Richards was attracted to the role because she found the part to be brainy, athletic, and had depth of character. Uh, audience did not agree <laughs> because it ended up getting, winning her a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of ones that are good. Okay, yeah. This one I, I just had to highlight because of bad movie, uh, Twins.com. Uh, the Scottish Castle used as MI6's secret headquarters, same castle used in the Highlander series. Highlander hmm. series. Highlander. Highlander. We mentioned that yep. uh, last week. Yeah. Two weeks ago. We mentioned it a number of times. <clears throat> uh, Maria Grazia. There can be uh, only Kushinoda. one. Yes. Uh, that's what they say about Bond, right? There can only be one. There can only be one Bond. Uh, Maria Gar Grazia Cucinota, um, she was the one who played the cigar girl, quote unquote, which was like the assassin in the beginning of the film. And they wanted her, she originally auditioned to be Electra King, but the uh, director didn't think her English was good enough. So she became cigar girl. And you may wonder why was she called cigar girl? And that's because that original opening scene in the script was set in uh, Cuba. But then they changed it to be Switzerland so they could do it in a Swiss bank. And then they changed it to be uh, Spain, but they kept all, both of the things that they had already put in there. 
So even though it's set in Spain, they have these things from previous scripts of it being in Cuba and then Switzerland. Hmm. So that's telling you what level of writing we're talking about here. Uh, also, Sharon Stone was um, was the preferred choice for Electra, but she turned it down. Just to let you know. Really? Yes. Sharon Stone. I don't think it would have worked very well. No. No. Uh, so the the whole thing about um, the bullet going into a, uh, Renard's brain and uh, ceasing to allow him to have uh, like feeling or whatever was actually something that was supposed to be in for Stamper in Tomorrow Never Dies, but it wasn't used in the actual film. But if you read the novelization of the film, that's in that one for Stamper. So you can see the reflection of how that plot point was reused for this film in yeah, the novelization. Yeah. Okay. Jamira Koi turned down the offer to write and sing the song for the film. Yep. I read that. Jamira Koi. <laughs> That's surprising. I just you think that's surprising that they turned it down? I'm surprised that they were offered it, and then I'm surprised that they turned it down. I feel like that's a huge get to be performing for a James Bond movie, and I don't. I, I, I feel like Jamiroquay is certainly not big enough to be turned integrity. That down. Yeah, it's stupid. By Jamiroquay. <laughs> uh, so early in production, uh, the plan was for Electra to survive and the film to conclude with Bond visiting her in the hospital while she recovers from Stockholm syndrome. Uh, this did not test well. As you might imagine. <laughs> All right. So now some casting what ifs kind of. So Michael um, Apted directed this film. Uh, he's probably most famous for doing most of the seven up series of documentaries, which is a series of documentaries in England that follow um, children from the age of seven every seven years throughout their life. And this year, the newest one was released. They are now 63 years old. So they reached the first documentary. They were seven and now they're 63. So they just had the ninth one or whatever. And so he also directed Extreme Measures starring Hugh Grant. So what do you think about Hugh Grant as James Bond? Um, I think he could have done it. I think he could have done it as well. I don't. Think it just would have been weird when he's yeah. all like stammering, kind of like, uh, ooh, ooh, uh, whatever. I, I could see him doing like a spoof, a spoof version of it. Yeah. I don't know who else he could have been other than Bond. I just don't think he would have been a very good Bond. That's not that's not the question for this one. This one's about could he could he <laughs> could have played he be Bond? In Bond? I guess so. Yeah. All right, producer Barbara uh, Broccoli, a big fan of Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures, was interested in Jackson directing the film. However, when she saw The Frighteners, nineteen ninety six, she was put off by his style. So, what do we think about Orlando Bloom from The Lord of the Rings? Could he have been Bond, or could he be still be Bond? Uh, yeah again i'm not i'm not sold on it i've really only ever seen him in lord of the rings so <clears throat> in elizabeth town elizabeth town <laughs> oh i must have missed that as one. mentioned Ed, before uh, pirates of that's the caribbean for, that's for season what season is elizabeth town season you know what we're getting too specific with seasons <laughs> we need to not do that one for a season okay Okay, uh, Joe Dante was another director uh, considered. So what about, uh, I'm going to twist it up here a little bit. What about Dennis Quaid from Inner Space? Yeah. <laughs> American Bond, Dennis Quaid. <clears throat> Unless you think he Let's can do, do the it. British accent. Let's do it. I, I mean, I think he would have been good. I think it would have been good if they were okay with it changing to American. It would have been really startling to see him do a British accent. Yeah, I feel like they could do more of like what, um, what, what just did it? Was it uh, Mission Impossible where they kind of had... Uh, um, they had Ethan Hawk. Is it Ethan Hunt? Ethan Hunt. 
They had yeah, uh, Tom Cruise's yeah, character. Tom Cruise's character opposite of like Henry Cavill, where they're like working with different, you know, Interpol and the FBI and the CIA. You know, oh, so it becomes kind of like a counterpart that yeah, that the American continues. counterpart yeah, or something. I could see something like that. That'd have been cool. Okay. Could do about, okay, that. so Roger Roger Spottiswood was also asked to direct, but he turned it down, feeling tired after the chaotic production of Tomorrow Never Dies. So what about Sly Stallone from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot Another Roger <laughs> Spottiswood classic? He could have been a sweet Bond villain. No, I think he's got to be. No, I'm talking about Bond. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's the question here. <laughs> sure. We're talking Bond, Sly Stallone, yes? I think we're all in on this. You're, you're yeah, surprised sure. Miss Jones. I would I pay thought, to see I thought it. Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> uh, okay, so MGM was considering offering the director's job to Peter Medak, who had just made Species 2 from 1998. But when the film was a critical and box office failure, MGM reconsidered. So what about <laughs> Species herself, Natasha Hendridge? What do you think? Bond? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I don't want to. Yeah, no. I don't, don't want to be the guy that says that uh, the one the one lady you no. offer here can't be James Bond. So I'm just gonna say, sure. I would say I would for sure say yes as long as Bond is also an alien who wants to have sex with people to lay eggs. That kind of sounds <laughs> like kinda, what he is right now. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's not too far <laughs> from James Bond. I don't think. <laughs> so okay, early in the development stages, some of the names being bandied around uh, was included uh, Martin Scorsese. So what about Leo DiCaprio often collaborating with uh, Martin Scorsese? I'd like to see him as a villain. But would be, the, I think, the, the question is Bond. Uh, so yes, absolutely. my answer is yes. <laughs> I think it would have been fun. I think it actually would have been fun to see him because he's done, he does accents. It's not like he doesn't do accents. Like he did a South African accent for Blood Diamond. So it would have been, it would have been actually really hilarious. First of all, to see England like explode when... Leo was named as Bond and just have the entire country go up in riots and stuff. But also for him to then show up and be doing like a British accent. Yeah, Anyways, I'd, finally. I'd, that'd be interesting. I'd like to hear how he sounds with a British accent. Because they always say like Americans just can, can never pull it off. Yeah. So what about, uh, so Ed Harris was also supposed to make his directorial debut on the film. Um, instead, he decided to do a different spy thriller. It was called Slick, Slick Killer. It's a real slick secret agent who can slip in and out of places without detection. He uh, battles oil tycoons galore, obviously. And he's got like this like real flowing mane of hair. It's like glistening uh, in the sunlight. So can you guess what is what the secret of his of his secret agent is? Uh, Greece. Yeah, and, and an APAC <laughs> that abs that go for days. Oh, okay. But fully yes. erect. Gre oh. Greasy APAC. Yes, yes. His fully erect greasy abs <laughs> so that's how i refer to my abs usually fully erect and yeah so also he would star he would direct and star so you think what do you think of ed harris's bonds too always yep i mean he played he played slick slick killer so anyways very quick phantom zone engage the phantom Um, I could have done this really quick because the easiest path is just to use Q and we've mm -hmm. already done a path from the previous James Bond that we watched. But mm -hmm. I said, you know what? No, let's look who else is in this. Another guy in this is uh, Colin Salmon. He's in a number of uh, films, including Resident Evil Retribution, which I think I've done mm -hmm. as part of Phantom Zone. It's one yeah. uh, where I think it ends in being like a submarine graveyard of some sort um, after the, the plague is hit. 
Uh, but Michelle Rodriguez is in that one, and she's obviously in our favorite film, Fate of the Furious. And from there, we can just keep on going through. One thing I did want to mention as well is the director, Michael Apted, did, in fact, also direct another submarine film. as a 2001 film called Enigma, starring Kate Winslet. And we, I think we can guess what that one's about. Enigma? Enigma Machine. Oh, very nice. Come on, guys. See, you're forgetting everything we've learned to this submarine I'm forgetting podcast. where Michelle Rodriguez was in Resident Evil Retribution. She died in the first one. I That's what I saw when I looked up the Yeah, you're right. I mean, they got her third listed. Exactly. Maybe She's on she, the billing. So. Maybe she got cloned. All right. That's it, guys. What do you guys got? Are you ready for my segment? I yeah. think so. All right, I got. I actually got to convert transformer mode here. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. I will be ready in five. He's putting four. out his guitar. <laughs> Get him my guitar out. Buckle up, kids. Now here we go. Um, one more thing. All right, so wow. you guys still hear me okay? Kind of. It sounds like you're in like a helmet of some sort. Yeah, I know. I, I had to switch yeah. to a different uh, audio mode so I can pick up some audio. We're very low tech over here at Mackie Studios. Oh, good call on the new name. Mackie Studios. So tonight, I mentioned earlier that I am a big fan of the World Is Not Enough theme song by Garbage. It is in my top five James Bond theme songs. So tonight's right. countdown, I'm counting down my five favorite James Bond theme songs. You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, These are only yours, correct? These are mine, although um, I, I didn't pick any stinkers. I actually did end up looking up some lists to see what other people thought. And uh, I definitely didn't uh, pull any out of left field. These are Pretty highly regarded songs. So number five. Tell me if you guys remember this one or also enjoy this one. This is a good one. I love this one. This is in my top five. Oh, I'm dancing. That is Tina Turner for Goldeneye. Yep. Great song. That, no, that one's really good, actually. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I guess you guys really hate The World Is Not Enough, but I, 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 like, I like my picks here. I think this is a good top five list. Number four, I'm a huge 80s New Wave fan, and there are a few. There are a few good options for this. Uh, but cracking into my top four, uh, probably my favorite song from the band, Duran Duran, is A View mm-hmm. to a Kill. Great pick. That's of course. It's also in my top five. Yeah, it's with backup vocals by Zach there. Oh, it's so good. I fully appreciate that song. Great song. Great band. Amazing song. Uh, Actually, fun bit of trivia with that. I think it was the drummer of Duran Duran approached Albert Broccoli at a, like, banquet or a dinner or something. He said, 
just flat out, he said, Albert, when are you going to get a good band to do a theme song for a Bond movie? <laughs> so then they were like, all right, we'll, we'll give you a shot. I mean, that's Bold I, I statement. That was kind of, yeah, that was kind of a rude statement, too, but I guess they took it in stride. Number three. Not it's, enough it's inter- by garbage. It's interesting because I think isolated and outside of the movie, I think I like it more. But the the only thing I'd say about it is that it seems, unlike other ones, it seems like it deviates into too much of like a stylistic James Bond. I don't know. Like, is that how garbage sounds? Yeah, I think uh, I think this is a pretty common garbage sound. Although they definitely add the that really. Um, uh, what's the term with the guitar? Uh, crap, yeah, I, I can't think of the term when they like untune the guitar and, and make it really low and bassy that you kind of hear in the James Bond uh, theme songs. It kind of carries over across. It. When they plop it. <laughs> a little bit of slap. Slap guitar, maybe. <laughs> I think a little slap, slap the bass a little bit. Slap, slap the bass. But, uh, so, yeah, maybe, I might be wrong. I mean, I don't know, because I don't know garbage very well. So. I think if you were to look at some of the lists, I, I looked at just like one or two, and I think both of them regarded this one as one of the more underrated ones, and it's actually a pretty highly regarded I song. Think, yeah, I think if you isolated all of the songs, I think this one sounds very James Bondy, and is probably good in that regard. Um, I do like it when it kind of sounds... It sounds like the band that they asked to do it with like a James Bond flair, and maybe that's exactly what they're doing. But I just don't know garbage well enough to say it. that's kind of how it is. Yeah, she's got that grungy uh-huh. sound, got the untuned guitars and everything, so it definitely fits her her style. Number two, though, we're going all the way back to the source, and you got to if you're going to do a top five list. Number two, we're going back to Doctor No. The classic. I yeah, I didn't realize that that was like a like a main theme yeah. for one of them. That is like that theme is the theme of Doctor No, and it recurs in every Bond since. Now I'm sitting here kind of nervous, Ben, because I'm sitting here running through a lot of good songs still, and I'm wondering what your number one is. Are you really wondering? Because number one, <laughs> and I think it's it's just miles ahead of all the rest of them. This is one of my favorite songs in general, probably. Probably top five God. songs in general for me. Here we go. Oh, I'm nervous. Oh, it's a good one. It's a great one. It's a good one, yeah. Paul McCartney and the song. Wings perfectly captured the essence of James Bond with Live and Let Die. Yeah, I really like that one. I'm not sure even where I've heard it much, but I've heard that one before and I really enjoy it. Yep, that's one of the ones I listen to kind of just even just just not when I watch the movie, right? Like I'll just listen to that song. That's a good one. Good pick. Also good, good ones, Ben. Yeah, for fans of Guns N' Roses, a tremendous cover by Guns N' Roses if you guys 
want some uh, some metal listening later, you can uh, check that out on YouTube. That's a great cover. But that is my top five list of the James Bond theme songs. That was great. Good ones. Good ones. Great songs. Still a lot of other great songs out there. There are. Uh, not many bad ones. I think the most common uh, uh, bad uh, bottom of the list that I was seeing was everyone really railed on Madonna's Tomorrow Never Die. Or uh, mm. what is it called? Um, it was the last Pierce Brosnan one. Die, die, die Another day? day? Die Another Day. There you go. So now if Alex was here, he would tell you, I think it was Alex. I think he was in Kroger just last week, and he said he was just walking around shopping, and they were playing that song. <laughs> and he he texted me. He's just like, who plays this like in a Kroger while you're shopping? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is probably one of the more radio-friendly ones, but it is not a good song. And it doesn't fit James Bond at all. If you guys listen, you know, in, in The World Is Not Enough, the film, you could hear them playing The World Is Not Enough song, like the theme. You could hear them playing the theme throughout the movie. Little, little, uh, you know, jingles here and there, like four or five notes from the song. I find it hard to believe that they would have done anything like that with um, Die Another Day. <laughs> just because that song saying, was I, so off, yeah. off, off topic. It just didn't fit James Bond. Die Another Day may be the only James Bond I saw in theaters. And it is not good. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember. I remember I, at one point uh, Pierce Brosnan like surfing, and me being like, "No, thank you." Not, not I did not it. like. I did not like that, that was a bad one. one. Um, all right, we've been talking a whole bunch of bullshit. I feel like we re- we need some real facts now. Yeah, here, here this is what everyone. This is this is for the you know you guys know what I'm trying to say, right? Those yeah. facts. This is for the real trivia this heads is, out there. This, this is, is for the for the uh, for the brainiacs out there. Damn it! This is for the. Uh, <laughs> All right, hit it. Zach's facts, it's Zach's facts when you're going down. <laughs> Zach facts when you're going down. Oh, I think you All even right. timed the the laugh at yourself the there pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. Okay, Zach facts for the world is not enough. Only got three facts this week for you, but that's enough to hold you another week. The world was, in fact, enough. <laughs> Three facts are enough. Um, fact number one, and this is going to include a sound clip for the first time ever in Zach Facts. I think that's a fact. Um, Denise Richards said if she was asked to direct the film, which she still hopes she gets a chance to do, that she would have to name it Man Shoots, Love Happens by Denise Richards. <laughs> Man Shoots, fact. Love Happens. Okay. Denise. Now, this might surprise you, but when the film was released, Carmen Electra was interviewed and asked who her favorite character was. And she said, and his name is Desmond Llewellyn, correct? Yes. Q? Yep. Thanks. So, yep. She had this to say on television about Desmond Llewellyn. I went in the bathroom first. Yeah. And yes. he came after and gave a little knock, and I let him in, and you know, Carmen. And there you go. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! So uh, that's what right she before had to he died. Maybe that's why he died. Maybe it's just breaking news. <laughs> Should we yep. get TMZ on the phone? <laughs> also, uh, Zach Facts are in no way real. Just for slander's purposes, we need to you, say that right. up front. <laughs> right. He went. Mackie he went out doing what he loved. Carmen Electra. 
Car- Mackie Studios is a legitimate um, podcasting studio. Yep. News source. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Last fact. Uh, Pierce Brosnan demanded he be called by his nickname during the lovemaking scenes. And that nickname was Fierce like, Brosnan. Uh, Fierce Brosnan. I was going to guess. Gonna yep. guess. Can, do, you know what, do you know what I was going to guess? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't what do you got? I was going to say Pierce Johnson. Ooh. That's good. That is very good. good. That's a pretty good one, right? Stay out of my segment. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing up the spot. Um, That may be it. That could be it. That could be it. You know, we can cut this. We don't have to cut this. But I actually was hoping to share something that's happened to me in the last week. Okay. Do it. World of Warcraft Classic. No, I was in a movie, gentlemen. Really? I was an extra for the movie called A State of Mind. I was on set for four hours on Sunday. It was a pretty big role. State of Mind. Who's in that? um, You know, a bunch of, you know, local talent. Okay. And uh, I was in a big role. It was called Funeral Goer One. Wow. Mm -hmm. Funeral Goer One. They just wrapped filming. You're a, feature, so a featured let, actor, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I might get into um SAG. Who knows? But uh, I will let our listeners know when that movie is released because the camera was literally four inches from my face at one point, and I Ooh. had to look sad at a funeral. And they were like, "Look sad," and I was not even joking here. I was just envisioning all my loved ones dying to get sad. So that's how you, you got to go. do it. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. I hope that I hope you make the cut. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That's a good little uh little trivia, like two truths, one false trivia. It is a good two truths one false. Yeah, like it I is. said, hopefully, I've never hopefully been make that. Well, you might learn something about me. I'm gonna do a top five Brahm facts, Brahm fun facts one of these weeks here during my movie month. So you'll learn a little something about me too. I do have an IMDb credit. Do you? Nice. But it's but it's a mistake because my, oh. my my brother works in film and they mistakenly credited me for something. <laughs> if you search my name, you'll find me on IMDb. Very nice. Pierced Johnson. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes.